Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 349 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the answer and the real answer, the actual answer to every tennis problem, no matter what has you stuck. If it's your technique, if it's your strategy, if it's your mental game, if it's your fitness, what it doesn't matter what it is. We're going to talk about what the answer is to that problem in today's episode. Really quickly, if you're not already subscribed to the Shankcast podcast, you need to do that. And it's a it's a show, a really casual, fun show with myself and also the other two full-time coaches here at Essential Tennis, Kevin and Megan. We sit down and discuss a tennis-related topic every week and just kind of uh, kick it around the horn and share our thought, really open, honest conversation, just like what we would do if we were sitting around here in the office discussing tennis. And this past week, what we discussed was how to be successful in league play, how to be a captain, how to manage a team, how to work with a, a tennis pro or a coach who's maybe helping you out with, with team practices, how to deal with drama in, in your USCA uh, team, et cetera, et cetera, uh, what expectations you should have on fellow teammates uh, and, and stuff like that. Like, should players be required to a- attend team practices, all that sort of thing. And so that's just what we happen to talk about this week. But every week, it's a, it's a different topic about learning, improvement, the journey of tennis. So go go subscribe. Wherever you subscribe to podcasts, just do a search for Shankcast, one word, S-H-A-N-K-C-A-S-T, Shankcast, tennis podcast. Okay, so quick story here. My, my son is six. He'll be seven years old in a couple months. And he's at an age where he's impressed by a great many things. <laughs> As he and I interact with each other and we, we like roughhouse and play around and like throw a ball back and forth and, and just, you know, just kind of play around and have fun together. A question that he asks me very frequently is, how do you do that? And the, the, he brings up that question in all kinds of different contexts. Here's, here's a couple really quick that just off the top of my head, where he's, he's asked me that, that same question recently. How do you run so fast? Like he and I will like race like from the garage to the, to the house. And I'll, I'll you know, kind of stay alongside him for most of the way. And then right at the very end, kind of pull away from him and, and, and beat him to the, the door of the house. And so he wants to know, how do you, how did you learn how to do that? How did you, how do you run so fast? Uh, throwing a ball back and forth. How do you catch the ball with one hand? Like we were playing catch back and forth and he was using two hands. His, his vision, he kind of struggles with his vision. So his eye hand coordination um, is tricky. And so he's using two hands and trying to kind of pull the ball like against his body to, to try to catch it in both hands. And then when he throw to me, I would just kind of put one hand out and catch the ball. And, and he was really impressed by that. So he wants to know, how do you do that? Uh, other recent ones, how do you tie your shoes? How do you jump so high? He asked me if I could touch the ceiling the other day. <laughs> and I did. And he wanted to know, how, how do I jump so high? Or how do you throw so hard? Like we were throwing snowballs the other day. 
and he you know can't fathom from his little six-year-old like body how do i throw a snowball so so far or so fast and so i've been very very deliberate over the years my daughter doesn't really ask me that question she she's not super curious about performance or like strength or like how do you go faster how do you how do you get stronger but you know my my little son he's really fascinated by doing things better faster stronger and so he asks me frequently, how do, I, how do I do something? Or how does somebody else do something? If we're watching a sporting event, like we'll sit and watch Packers football together sometimes. So he wants to know, how do you do that? And over the years, I've been really conscious about my answer to that question. And my answer to that question is the same every time. And it is the answer to every tennis problem. The answer to his question that I give him is always practice. The answer to all of those questions is practice. And the answer to every tennis problem is practice. It's very easy to assume that when players have something special that we couldn't possibly imagine having, like when we watch tennis on TV and we see somebody hit a 140 mile an hour serve, or we see somebody hit an incredible winner, you know, on the line, a hundred mile an hour forehand, or somebody has a ball blasted at them at the net and they just softly and calmly just kind of deflect and drop the ball over the net on the other side of the court. It's easy for us to assume that because the the gap is so big between us and the people that we look up to, our, our heroes on the tennis court, it's just e- it's easy to make the assumption that it's just talent, that they were just born with that ability or that Maybe it's just kind of genetic, like it's in their genes. Their their parents were great athletes. Oh, his his dad was a a college tennis player, so of course he's he's good at tennis. Somehow or another, we we make the assumption that it's some kind of innate ability, just something that's baked in, and those people are born with, and that is a huge disservice to ourselves because it limits our belief. It limits what we believe is possible for ourselves. As long as we think that running faster or jumping higher or throwing further is just something that you either have or you don't have, then what's the point of even trying? What's the point of training? What's the point of working hard? What's the point of practicing? What's the point of video analysis or gaining more knowledge or going to take lessons or or training? What's the point of all of that if it just comes down to talent? And unfortunately, a lot of tennis players have that misconception in their head. And, you know, it's, it's not like they literally believe that uh, it's impossible to get better. But what they believe is possible for themselves is actually a very, very small vision of what they really could achieve if they set their minds to it and they followed the right process and they actually practiced and trained the right way. And that's an important point, you know, to make just kind of going off my outline here a little bit, is practice can come in all kinds of different forms. And practice can come in all kinds of different qualities and all kinds of different frequencies. And so if the type of practice you're following is ineffective, then yeah, you you won't see very good results and you're, you're going to be frustrated. But quality practice, the right practice at the right time can bring 
any level of athlete incredible results, even if you're not very coordinated, even if you don't have great genes, even if you weren't born with a racket in your hand, the right instruction and the right practice at the right time can give you breakthroughs in your game, no matter what problem you're, you're dealing with. And so it's really important to understand and buy into the truth that elite players of the world, men, women, tennis, golf, basketball, baseball, sports, car racing, like whatever discipline we're talking about, any athletic endeavor or any endeavor at all for that matter, chess, uh, bowling, (laughs) any kind of skill where talent is measured one player against another, they do have great DNA oftentimes. It's not that genes don't come into the mix. You know, it does, it is a factor, but that doesn't mean that those elite athletes don't have to train their bodies and their minds just like we do. They arrived at where they are because they practiced too. Technique habits, even even if you're the son or daughter of Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf, even if you have like the best genes possible, technique habits still need to be formed. Nobody is born with a forehand swing technique already baked in. It doesn't matter how talented innately you are or how skilled you are based on your genetic makeup, you still have to form technique habits. Mental toughness still has to be sharpened through experience. Nobody is born mentally tough. Some people might have a personality that lends itself a little better to competition than others, but that doesn't mean that those people still don't have to forge that skill through development on the court. Fitness and conditioning. I mean, this is a really, I don't really even need to talk a whole lot about uh, this one. Sure, some people have more athletic physiques. Some people have different genes than others when it comes to uh, athleticism. But fitness and conditioning still need to be developed. It's not like somebody comes out of the womb with the ability to run a four-minute mile and have their their different physical systems like actually keep up with the process of of converting oxygen into energy in our bloodstream and calories and energy in our bloodstream like that that takes training to have anybody get to that point no matter how the genetic makeup is or what they were born with or not born with how about patterns tactics and strategy they still need to be grooved No matter what, you have to learn and train those things. So how do all those things happen? They happen through practice. And so Roger Federer, Serena Williams, every great tennis player ever, do they have, you know, genetic advantages? Yeah. Yeah, they do. But they also had to go to the court and work thousands and thousands and thousands of hours to develop their technique and their mental toughness, their fitness, their conditioning, their patterns, their tactics, their strategy, their their ability to respond under pressure. All those things still had to be developed through very purposeful, very deliberate practice. So when either of my kids do anything a little bit better than they did before, whether that be coloring or writing letters of the alphabet or swimming classes, doing a little bit better with a a skill, whatever, catching a ball, whatever it is, my response is always the same. Great job practicing. 
I always bring it back to practice. As a father, I badly want to enforce the idea that any improvement that they see is because of practice. It's not because they're incredible and they're great and they're amazing. I, I never want to link it to some kind of innate talent or ability or being special or some kind of like special skill that, that just they have. I want to link it to, to practice. They put in the work, they put in the repetition, and they should be proud of the fact that they did that work and they did that repetition, they did the practice. And at the end of the day, that practice is the bridge between where you are now and where you want to be in absolutely any skill or discipline. that has to do with tennis and it has to do with the rest of life as well. Now, that doesn't mean that we all have the ability to be world-class performers in anything that we choose. No, there are, of course, there are real limitations and, and ceilings that all of us have in, in all the different parts of our lives, cognitively and physically and just the, the different ways that we're made up as, as human beings. So it's not like you can just pick and choose any skill, any ability, and just decide to be the best in the world and have it happen. No, of course not. Because guess what? You have to go to work alongside all the other people that have decided they're going to be the best in the world at that skill. And you have to. it's a competition of you against them. And you have to not only practice as well as them, but now we're starting to throw into the equation the innate ability and skills and talents that, that you were born with, that gets mixed into the equation as well. But without the practice elements, none of those born inborn like skills can ever be realized. Roger Federer, without his training, without his practice, would not be an incredible tennis player. He would have gone on to do something completely different had he never picked up a tennis racket. It's kind of crazy to think about. Like, what, what hidden skills and talents have you just not even tried yet that if you pursued it with the right purpose and the right intensity and the right focus, you really could be excellent at? And I'm, you can take what you want. Take what you want away from this episode. I'm not trying to say that that uh, you should go try everything and like find out what you could be world class in or anything like that. But it's just an interesting thing to to think about. And the bottom line here is that it all comes down to those practice repetitions, that that discipline of putting in the work, showing up day after day. That's the bridge. That's the answer to every tennis problem. So if you'd like some guidance and you'd like me and the other essential tennis coaches to walk alongside you as you work hard to overcome your obstacles, we'd love to work with you on the courts. You can find out what we have available as far as in-person, co- in-person coaching by going to EssentialTennis.com and then just click on the coaching tab and see what we have open. We'd love to spend time with you on the courts. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.